0: The Soul, Zakah. Giving Zakah has many preventative and restorative effects for the Muslim soul. God created the human being in an ideal form, letting us live in the finest of dwellings and honoring us to the highest degree. But we human beings frequently disgrace ourselves to the lowest of levels, forgetting our role in the world and shirking our responsibilities. The foremost culprit in our descent is our excessive love for wealth. Wealth as a means The love for wealth is natural and it is considered a blessing of God upon the human being an incentive to develop the world around us. God, the Supreme, says about human beings And they are truly extreme in their love of worldly gains. Holy Quran, chapter 100, verse 8 Excessiveness, however, leads to hoarding and an aversion to share with those in need. This is how many regress from being God-centered servants to being prisoners of this world and servants to their own desires. Al-Bukhari and Ibn Majah report that the Prophet sallallahu prayed against such people, saying doomed is the servant of this world, doomed is the servant of the dirham, doomed is the servant of the garment. If he is given he rejoices and if he is not given he becomes angry. May he perish and never be saved. May he be pricked by a thorn and never be relieved. This doom described in the hadith is a misery of the soul and a darkness of the heart, as the love for wealth replaces the love for God. What was only a means of pursuing God's pleasure becomes an end in and of itself. Wealth was created to be a means of living through this world and building it up through development, providing many opportunities to please God. But when these means of amassing and hoarding wealth become ends in and of themselves, God's curse is earned. God the Exalted says, Wail li culli humazatil lumeza, a levy gemma melum wa dada, ya sabo enna melahu a leda, kalla, layum bathenna fil hutama, woma aderocamel hutama. Woe to every backbiter, slanderer, who amasses wealth greedily and counts it repeatedly, thinking that their wealth will make them immortal? Not at all. Such a person will certainly be tossed into the crusher. And what will make you realize what the crusher is? Holy Quran, Chapter 104, Verses 1-5 through 5. Thus it is understood that giving zakah safeguards the soul from this excessive love of wealth. It is protection from the negative effects of wealth even though that wealth was obtained through permissible means. One of the greatest objectives of giving zakah is mentioned by God when He says, Take from their wealth, O Prophet charity, to purify them and bring about their growth, and pray for them. them. Surely your prayer is a source of comfort for them. Holy Quran, chapter 9, verse 103. Zakah, then, is purification and growth. It transforms us from the squalid state of worshipping wealth to the purity of the pious and sincere worshippers of God, those who, though they own the world, held it in their hands, not in their hearts. They were happy to share their wealth generously, setting examples of gratitude and high expectation for the Muslims. They practiced the teachings of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi when he said, How great is good wealth for a good servant. The Holistic Impact of Zakah The Hanafi scholar Al-Kasani said about the impact of zakah on the human soul. It purifies the soul from the captivity of sins, shapes its character through the observance of generosity and the purging of stinginess. Through the practice of zakah, the soul becomes accustomed to benevolence and builds up the strength to do right by others and pay them their dues. It is also a form of gratitude to God for His blessings. An antidote to greed. God says regarding the prevention of the disease of greed. And whoever is saved from the selfishness of their own souls, it is they who are truly successful. Holy Qur'an, chapter 64, verse 16. Success, therefore, hinges on being free of the malady of greed. Paying zakah on the money that you save, your crops, your freely grazing livestock, and your business inventory acts as a potent antidote. A charity is prescribed for each of the types of wealth that a person can be blessed with to prevent the infection of greed from creeping into the soul. Not only does this infection stop a Muslim from loving others and pleasing God, but it also prevents him from bliss in the afterlife. Greed and selfishness draw on anger and the wrath of God, earning a banishment from paradise. The wealth that was supposed to be a means to secure goodness in this life and the next becomes a source of misery in this world, inciting a fixation on its pursuit, immoderation in saving, and an obsessive addiction to counting it. In the afterlife, this misery becomes pain through flames of fire or in the form of a poisonous snake. As described by the Prophet when he said, Whoever receives wealth from God but does not pay its zakah, his wealth will be transformed into a bald, poisonous horned snake that will choke him on the day of resurrection. It will bite his cheeks and say, I am your wealth, I am your treasure. Then he recited, ولا يحسبن الذين يخجلون بما آتاهم الله من فضله هو خيرا لهم بل هو شر لهم سيطوقون ما بخلوا به يوم الْقِيَامَةِ ولله ميراث السماوات والارض والله بما تعملون خبير And do not let those who greedily withhold Allah's bounties think it is good for them in fact it is bad for them They will be leashed by their necks on the Day of Judgment with whatever wealth they used to withhold. And Allah is the sole inheritor of the heavens and the earth. And Allah is all aware of what you do. Al-Bukhari and Muslim also report that the Messenger of Allah said, There is no owner of any herd of camels, cattle, or sheep who does not pay forth his zakah except that it will come on the Day of Resurrection in its largest and fattest form. Piercing him with his horns and trampling him with its hooves. Every time its hind legs pass, its forelegs come back on him until the people are judged. Charity's True Value To contrast these dark threats is an inspiring description of those who pay zakah and share their wealth, a description that fills the heart with hope and the soul with happiness for God's grace. God says, أَلَمْ يَعْلَمُوا أَنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ يَقْبَلُ التَّوْبَةَ Do they not know that Allah alone accepts the repentance of His servants and receives their charity, and that Allah alone is the acceptor of repentance, most merciful? Holy Quran, chapter 9, verse 108. Additionally, Al-Bukhari reports with a chain from Abu Huraira that the Prophet ﷺ said, Whoever gives even a date's worth of charity that was earned by good and pure means, and God only accepts that which is good and pure, God will accept it with His right hand. Then when He causes it to grow for whoever gave it, just as one of you would nurture his young horse until it becomes like a mountain. There is no doubt that remembering God's mercy soothes the grief of the distressed, relieves the misery of the destitute and alleviates the pain of the hungry and ill. When the companions of the Prophet wasallam realized that the true value of wealth lay in spending it for God's pleasure, they raced each other to give to all kinds of good causes. Al-Waqidi ibn Sa'd and ibn Kathir report, for example, that the companions competed with one another to contribute to the expenditures of fighting for God's cause in the battle of Tabuk. The first to show up with a large load of wealth, Carrying the entirety of what he owned was Abu Bakr. Umar then brought half of his wealth, Abbas brought some of his, and now the competition was in full force. Talha ibn Ubaidullah brought his load of wealth, and Muhammad ibn Maslama brought his contribution. Abdurrahman ibn Auf brought 200 Sa'd ibn Ubada came forth with a generous contribution, and Asim ibn Adeyi brought 90 barrels of dates. Arthman ibn Affan initially sponsored a third of the army, and though he had already surpassed everyone else in his contribution, continued to sponsor more until he ensured that the army was adequately equipped. Some men brought camels, assigning one camel to a pair of soldiers and having them take turns riding it. Even the women contributed as much as they could, filling the garment held out by the Messenger of Allah with their bracelets, anklets, and rings. Al-Suyuti reports from Aisha and Urwa ibn Zubayr that on the day that Abu Bakr became Muslim, he had 40,000 dinars. He spent them all on the Messenger of Allah sallallahu to the point that when he once entered the mosque and found someone begging, he went back to his house to find only a small piece of food in the hands of his son Abdurrahman. He took it away from him and gave it to the beggar. Ibn al-Jawzi reports that Abu Bakr donated his most precious garden, which contained 600 palm trees, when he heard the ayah, وَأَقْرِضُ اللَّهَ قَرُضًا حَسَنًا and lend to Allah a good loan. Holy Qur'an, chapter 73, verse 20. These scenes from the time of the companions show how each companion would give much more than what was required of them. This stems from a sincere faith wherein their love for Allah governed their heart and tempered their love for wealth. These are the models that every Muslim must follow. Zakat al-Fitr is purification and celebration. The ritual of zakat al-Fitr, wherein every Muslim donates a specific amount of food to the needy at the end of Ramadan, carries a unique spiritual significance. It is described by the Prophet ﷺ as Ibn Majah reports that he said, The obligation of zakat al-Fitr is a source of purification for the idle speech and obscenities of the one who fasted and a meal for the needy. So, zakat al-fitr is a means of purification for the old and the young, the rich and the poor, and for men and women, as it is obligatory on everyone to spend on those beneath them. This form of zakat purifies their souls, and it is clear that the purification here is not physical, but rather spiritual. In this spirit of giving, the entire community purifies their wealth and enters together upon their celebration of Eid.